you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you... Oh, uh, Matt, I think it's getting louder. Oh, I know what that is. That's the Phillies knocking on the door to the postseason, baby. The magic number is one to clinch a second consecutive playoff berth. It's about time we started stringing some of these together. Fresh on the heels of a four-game sweep against the Mets, which I wish I could enjoy a little bit more, but obviously I'll take that. Any day of the week, any time of the year, the Phillies are on the cusp of the playoffs. Here's what would need to happen in order for the Phillies to not make the playoffs at this point, just so everybody's aware of what we're staring down right now. The Phillies would have to lose out, lose their remaining six games. The Diamondbacks would then have to win six games out of their remaining seven. The Chicago Cubs, who also have six games left, would also have to win six games because the Phillies hold tiebreakers over those two teams. And then the Miami Marlins, who also have six games left, would have to win out. They're the only team remaining in contention right now who can catch the Phillies that has the tiebreaker over the Phillies. So that's what would have to happen. That is not what will happen. The Phillies will be going back to the playoffs, most likely as the top wildcard seed, hosting the three-game wildcard series next week. Matt Gilbert, The Athletic, as always, with us. Matt, uh, the Phillies are taking care of business and looking really good. First of all, how are you? Second of all, wasn't that a great series this weekend? Really wish you would have run that uh, that intro by me. Doing great. <laughs> Just chilling. Uh, today's an off day. It's, uh, I was worried that I would be working today because uh, the weather wouldn't hold up, but the weather held up. It was a, kind of a weird uh, weather weekend, but... Uh, don't remember what the sun looked like, but that's okay because uh, it's uh, it's looking good for the Phillies right now. And and, and I don't, you know, I wrote, I, I thought, you know, everyone is talking about a Ryan Kirkering, right, after Sunday night's debut. But I, I thought more than anything, and he's a huge part of the story, but I thought more than anything, they used three guys last night, Paul, mm-hmm. Chris Sanchez, Ryan Kirkering, and Michael Lorenzen, who... Honestly, in a three-game series, I don't know. You know, maybe Kirkering gets used, but in their immediate postseason plans, those three guys are not are not like a slam dunk part of it. And right now, if you look across the sport at other teams that are going to be in the postseason, there are a lot of teams that have significant pitching questions right now. Mm. And whether it's due to ineffectiveness or injury, mostly injury, I look at it and I'm like, how many teams right now would Christopher Sanchez be postseason teams, be the number three starter? How many postseason teams would he be their number two starter right now? Uh, and it's well, look, not an insignificant amount of teams. No, you could say you could say he's the number three starter as currently constructed for the number one seed Atlanta Braves. Possibly. They're, <laughs> like they're stricken by this pitching bug. It's really bad. You're absolutely it's right. Just, yeah, I mean, I just I think the point is, and, and we don't know. Again, I, I understand it was against the Mets, and 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 yeah. But but here's the important thing: is like they feel like they're going into this last week and then into into October with with options. Like they have different scenarios, different guys, different paths that they can take, and that is a luxury right now. Like in this sport, I mean, once you get to the end of September, even the teams that are going to the playoffs are typically 
hamstrung with pitching concerns or pitching questions like you know if we have this spot like who are we going to use like who's going to step up who's going to do this and that's not to say the Phillies have uh, you can't poke holes in a lot of these guys I think there's there's definitely some some concerns and there's some guys where you're like oh man I don't know like do I really trust this guy yeah um, but I don't know like I think like they're in about as good of shape as they can be in all things considered pitching wise going into the postseason and you really can't ask for more than that no you really can't you know you talked about luxury too they're enjoying health right now and hopefully that holds up for the last week because really that's that's the big thing (laughs) standing between them the playoffs right now is keeping everybody healthy but you look at also in terms of luxury they're not traveling too much you know we were we were just talking about this before we started recording, and, and it had already slipped my mind, even though it was only a year ago. The Phillies were on the road forever at the end of last season, just forever. They ended the season at Chicago, at the Nationals, at Houston. Then they went to St. Louis for the wild card series. Then they went directly to Atlanta for the start of the division series. They don't have that problem to deal with. Obviously, it didn't really stand in their way last year, but they don't have that problem to deal with now. They're at home against Pittsburgh for three, and then they only have to travel to New York to end the season. They don't even have to go to Washington or Atlanta. They're just going to New York, and then they're coming right back home. So it's a really just, it's almost a totally different feel approaching these playoffs. They have guys healthy. There are some concerns, sure, but they are not as numerous as last year. They're not going to be as road-weary as they were last year. Things are looking okay right now, and you me being me, I hate to speak that into the world and be like, uh, mush time. But things really do look good objectively and comparatively to the rest of this field. Like I've, I've, I've tried to ask other, uh, you know, other people who, who work for other teams, like, you know, to kind of survey the postseason landscape and what the situation is. And I think, I, again, it's going to sound crazy, but unequivocally, I, I think everyone looks at the Phillies as, as the second best team in the National League right now. Like Ahead they of look who? at the Phillies out of the Dodgers and the Brewers. Ahead of the Dodgers, interesting. Okay, I think they look at the Phillies right now and they say this is a team that I don't that that I don't think anyone wants to play in October right now. And I think hmm. they 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 get a leg up on the Dodgers again again because of the pitching situation. Like right now, the Dodgers rotation yeah. is. Clayton Kershaw with a bum shoulder, Bobby Miller, who's been really great as a rookie, Lance Lynn, I think. Yeah, um, probably. Ryan Pepio. Ryan Pepio, Michael Grove. No, not Michael. Probably not Michael Grove. I, you know, so the three man rotation for them is probably Kershaw, Miller, Lynn, or Miller, yeah. Kershaw, Lynn. I don't even know yeah. if Kershaw starts game one. Uh, and I think because of that, I think that's why. Other teams are looking at the Phillies as more dangerous. Now, again, for all we know, Phillies could lose that first series at best of three because weird stuff happens. And so, you know, whatever this is worth, and it's very little, other teams are looking at the Phillies right now and saying, uh, this is uh, a tough, this is going to be a tough out. This is going to be a tough team to beat in October, you know, because of the experience they acquired last year, because of the way the lineup is constructed, you have you know, essentially eight guys who can hit the ball over the wall at any time. Um, you have, I, I think 
for all the concerns you've had about the pitching, and I know there's been a lot of recent concerns, mm-hmm. you look at the season as a whole and you see a staff that is as good, if not better than just about anybody. And what you see though, and I think this is what sticks out in October when they get there is you see stuff. Mm. And right now I don't know that there's a bullpen that has more stuff than the Phillies do. And okay. are they going to get enough strikes out of that stuff? I don't know. Like that is the, that is the, $10 million question right now. Are they going to get enough strikes from that big time stuff out of the bullpen? Because if they do, what do we say? And like we say this every year and it's like a silly baseball outage, but I do truly believe it's true in October. Good pitching beats good hitting. Yes, it does. A good hitter wins 30% of the time. Good pitching beats good hitting, especially in October. Look, it it's absolutely correct that there is stuff for days, especially now that we all got a chance to witness a Ryan Kirkring on the big stage. You, if we talk about stuff with a capital S, I mean, that guy might be leading the charge just after his major league debut. Uh, he's somebody who I think <laughs> from casual fans on up, we were all like, oh, okay, you're in the postseason roster mix for sure. Uh, will be interesting to see how that shakes out um, next week. Not even just the mix, right? But like... Yeah, like where does he like, pitch, right? How, yeah, you're you not- know, like how, how, how... How high on the list is he? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think of the last 10 days, the last two weeks, like one of the bigger developments, I think, is that Jose Alvarado looks, uh, he looks yeah. like old Alvarado, right? Yeah, he looks he looks like Alvarado from last October. And he seems to be, and I wrote about it, and, and I've talked to him, and he definitely seems to be a guy who, uh, you know, really, really rises to the moment, right? He, the, the yeah. bigger the moment is, I feel he feels more energy. He feels he's got a little extra juice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we've seen that his last few outings. He's gotten some, some save chances that he's converted. Uh, looks good. Looks really good right now. Um, Kimbrell has walked a tightrope all month. And I think if you're, if you're talking about concerns now, like him and Dominguez, I honestly, I, I wonder if Kimbrell is higher on the concern list right now than Dominguez. Mm. Um, they've found softer spots for Dominguez. Like does Kirkering supplant, you know, if he already supplants Dominguez, does he supplant, uh, does he supplant Jeff Hoffman too? Like, does he supplant, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think these are questions that they don't know. They don't have the answer for yet either. I think they're going to take the next week to try to figure out, you know, where everybody fits and what situations are you going to use these guys? But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wonder if, for example, a game two. Yeah. Okay. Of the wild card. The, con- the game to the wild card. Concerns about Aaron Nola are, are well documented. You know, uh, what if you can just, what if you can make Nola a five inning pitcher if you need to, if you can shorten his start? What if, what if you're concerned? What if you don't know if you want to push him or what if, what if it's a, a shaky five innings? You're like, okay, well, I can roll out Kirkering, Alvarado, Hoffman, and Kimbrell to finish it up. And, it's not a bad look. No, no, it's not a bad look at all. You know, we were talking about this recently, how uh, I forget exactly which start it was, but there was bullpen action behind Nola in the fourth inning. And yep. that seemed to be something like a preview for his treatment in the playoffs. I think that's what we're looking at. I don't know that I trust Nola far beyond the fifth inning in a playoff game right now. And, and, I, right, I, and remember, the playoffs are managed and, and their strategy is very different than the regular season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we saw that last year. We saw that Rob Thompson is 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 going. Is, you know, 
and I, I think, and I know people got upset by it, but like, I think one of the reasons why they got to the World Series is because of the way that Thompson and Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach, the way they managed the staff. It was was that a debate? Was was that in question? I feel like that no, was I a don't given. Think so no, oh, I mean, okay, I just, good. But but I think they were they were aggressive with it. I mean, they were. You oh know, yeah. Not every not everybody was the first. You know, it was Thompson's Thompson's first time managing in the playoffs. It was all these guys their first time in the playoffs. I mean, you don't know. You know, you see some teams that um, are, are are you know less willing to to uh, be more aggressive and proactive with their pitching decisions, but the Phillies were. I mean, they were. The way they use Suarez, the way they were bringing Alvarado in in the fifth, sixth inning of games, like I know it backfired at the very end, but uh, it got them there. You know, I, I almost wonder if Taiwan Walker even makes the wild card roster right now, because you don't you don't need a lot of pitching for a three game series, right? Especially not starting pitching. You need to carry thirteen pitchers. Yeah, but you have to have cab. Yeah, 13, 13. You have to carry it. So maybe he makes it as a formality. I don't know that he sees the field because you figure that Wheeler goes one. You figure that Nola probably goes two, even with the concerns. And then you get into, okay, likely, I would think right now, either Chris Sanchez or Ranger Suarez as your game three starter with maybe even a little bit of a lean toward Sanchez being the guy because of Ranger's Swiss Army knife, you know, utility that we've talked about in the past have him available as an extra weapon in case somebody bombs early in a game. And then you have all these arms behind him in the bullpen that you can carry. And potentially nobody even gets overworked. Even if the, the series goes three now that overworked, it takes on a different meaning because you're probably going to want to use your best guys three straight. If you can, if they can handle it. Uh, but from a roster standpoint, it, well, you could, you could, but no, from no, a no, roster, I'm saying, I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know about your the path you're going down here. You think if it goes to a game three that Walker is the game three starter? I don't know if it's Walker, but I don't think it's Sanchez. Okay. Well, I guess it, I and, mean and it. It's fair. This is a great debate to have, and, and oh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know what you do with Christopher Sanchez. I well, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. I'm, I don't know what I'm seeing. Like, I know what I'm seeing. I don't know if I, I, I got, and I'm not trying to downplay what he's done. I think it's been no. really good. Um, you know, he's got two 10 strikeout games in his last three starts. And last night it was just kind of like, Oh, um, like you, you would almost expect it. And then that's crazy because Christopher Sanchez <laughs> at the beginning of this year, hell three months ago, you're, like, you're not really sure what you're getting. I have no idea. No. Um, the changeup is, is, is real. It's a, it's a really good pitch. I'm going to give you some numbers, Paul. Yes, please. Uh, in September, Sanchez has thrown 136 changeups. Okay. Okay. And he's had 43 plate appearances that have ended with a changeup. 23 of those are strikeouts. The <laughs> whiff rate right on the changeup is in, in this in September is 60%. What? Uh, batters are hitting 098 with a 171 slug this month against the changeup. And Yo. <laughs> two of those games are against the Braves in September. Ugh. So <clears throat> I, I just he gives up a lot of home runs, right? And that, sure. that that scares me because in the playoffs, you know, you are you are really rewarded for keeping the ball in the ballpark. If you're a pitcher that can keep the ball in the ballpark, you you are higher on my list. Um and I know that runs counter to starting Aaron Noel, but actually, I mean, honestly, Noel has kept the ball in the ballpark this month. Like he hasn't been great, but 
he's he's reduced the home runs. Um, but <sighs> Sanchez, I don't know. And I think this is a good debate <laughs> that they're going to have to have the next week. It's like, how do we use him? And you know, like after the game, I you know I asked Rob Thompson, and, and to his credit, he's he's been really unwilling to discuss like postseason stuff because they're not in yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get that, you know, sure. They're in, obviously, but like he just he, he wants to wait and that's fine. But he did answer a question that I asked after the game about Sanchez is like, how how do you find a way to use this guy? And this was Thompson's answer. He said, quote, I wouldn't be afraid to use him in leverage situations out of the bullpen. If we get to October, we're not there yet. For me, it's not out of the question about starting a game. OK, and I think that does give you a little indication of like what they're thinking is that. Um, he's probably their fourth or fifth starter. He's probably their fourth starter right now. Okay. So you don't really need that guy until you get to a seven no. game series. No. You know, they used falter, uh, in the NLCS game four. That was the first time they used a fourth starter. Um, and let's not, and I know there are parallels here. Like, let's not forget belly falter down the stretch last year was really, really good. He was good. He pitched really well for them last August and September. And he didn't get a postseason start. Really, didn't. he didn't pitch until the NLCS. Now, am I saying that, am I drawing, I, I don't know if there's a ton of parallels though, because I do, I look at Sanchez and I think that it is a little more legitimate than what we saw from Falter last September. Agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. Yeah, ba- Bailey Falter is, is a bit more smoke and mirrors than Chris Sanchez. Right, and so... I, I don't know. I don't know how you use him. I mean, he's pitched in the bullpen before, so he has experience there. And like, maybe it plays up even more. Maybe you need a strikeout. You got guys on base. Maybe that's, maybe that's Chris Sanchez, but also maybe that's Matt Strom, like Matt Strom. And I have this in front of me because I've been kind of amazed by this and nobody's really talking about it. Minimum 80 innings pitches here. Okay. All baseball. Matt Strom is the ninth best strikeout rate among all pitchers who have thrown 80 innings this year. Yeah, and that's like, even with it tapering off lately. <laughs> I mean, he's and he's actually I think the last few have been good, really good. Um he's he's a weapon for them. Like to me, he's above Sanchez on like that, you know, if you need a lefty to get a strikeout in a tight spot, it's Strom, not Sanchez. So I think this is a long way of me saying like they have they have a lot of layers here. <laughs> like they have oh, a yeah. lot of different choices that they can make. And that is a that is a huge luxury right now. Like if they can get past this best of three in that first round and they get into a best of five against the Braves, they will be dogs as they should be. Mm-hmm. But man, who like they have, they have, they have, they have pitching to throw at this thing. They do. No. And it, this is where winning the division and being one of those top two teams really comes into play yes. at this time of year, because the Phillies, they do look great. They look like they're playing like a really good championship aspirations and caliber type team. I, I think it's fair to say that. I think this is a team that nobody would be surprised at this point if they represented the NL in the World Series again. But, 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 but shit happens. Yeah, it sure does, especially in a three gamer. Um, you know, I've I've thought at my most optimistic and my most, you know, feeling myself and feeling my oats that if the Phillies get past the wildcard series again, that they're going to go to the World Series again. Just because of the way they have been playing, you know, it's foolhardy to guarantee anything like that, even into a five game series. We've talked about this a million times, but they are playing so great right now that it's hard not to feel like you're riding the wave with them. 
And for all yeah. the reasons we just talked about, like within themselves, we're not even talking about the rest of the the, the other roster yep. scenarios that we touched yep. on. Like just self-contained, the Phillies look really good right now. Yeah, and, and I think it's, and honestly, Paul, like to me, it's less about how they've played of late and more about like how the roster looks going into October and how, how you can sort of go down the lineup and say, you know, pick out different guys and say, I mean, even you look like Castellanos has turned it on and Real Muto has turned it on even to a yeah. degree. Um, you know, Stott is slumped, but like there's just, you look at it and you say, okay, like in a big spot, do I trust this guy? Yes. In a big spot, do I trust this guy? Yes. And like you go down the line and you're like, oh, I can see that guy getting a big hit. And because they've done it, like we see them, we saw them do it last year. And that's, and that's, that's what makes them really dangerous right now. Another thing that needs to keep working in their favor is that there are still three teams fighting for two spots at the bottom of the wild card. You can say the Reds are still kind of in it. Um, they need a lot to go right. They're bi- <laughs> they need a lot to go right. That would, losing losing a game where Billy Falter spotted you nine runs. Uh that was probably it for the Reds. That 13 to 12 game, that would be my version of the 1911 Marlins game if if I'm a Reds fan you know I I that is that is heartbreaking that would ruin my month um but anyway enough you think enough uh, about that do you think Gabe Kapler is managing the Giants next year yeah yeah I do yeah I do too I do too I I mean I think he doesn't sound like doesn't sound like things are going very well though no no and uh, he and Zaidi kind of feel like they're you know arm in arm and if Zaidi's not getting the axe just yet, the Kapler's going to get the chance to start next year too. So I think I think he'll still be there. Um, another chance to work with some of these younger guys they've been importing. Anyway, the Giants aren't making the playoffs. No, look, Arizona, eighty-two and seventy-three, half game up on Chicago, eighty-two and seventy-four. Miami, one game back of Chicago for the last spot, eighty-one and seventy-five. Three teams within a game and a half. They could be in any configuration by this time next week. Yes. The, Phill- the Phillies could play Arizona. They could play Chicago. They could play Miami. We don't know. We know the Phillies are going to be in. We just have no idea who they're going to play. And as long as those three teams stay in the mix like this, stay bunched, stay tight, keep, you know, the gaps between them small, It wor- it's another thing that works to the Phillies' advantage. It keeps Arizona in the mix for using Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen in a game 161 or 162, it keeps the Cubs in the mix for using a Justin Steele or maybe, you know, Marcus Stroman. I think they're putting him back in the rotation in a 161 or a 162. It keeps Miami in the mix for using Aori Perez or, or whoever you consider their, their top starting pitcher these days. Probably. No, he's it. hurt. He's on the IL now. Oh, is he? Oh, I this missed that the, too. The Marlins rotation right wow. now, Paul. Uh, <laughs> it's. Jesus Luzardo, Braxton Garrett, two lefties. And then after that, uh, unclear. Like Johnny Cueto is, was in the bullpen. Now he's going to start again. Edward Cabrera, who like I walks everybody. He walks everybody. He's going to start for them on Wednesday, on wow. Thursday or something. I don't know. They're, 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 you know, Sandy Alcantara is done for the year. Um, Yuri Perez is done. It's, uh, the Marlins are on fumes. I but, missed the Perez got hurt. That's yeah, a big deal. but but they're still there. And like yep. the Phillies right now, like like Sunday was a great outcome for them, even though they didn't get to clinch. Like I know that sounds weird. It was a great outcome for them because Dimebacks, the Cubs, and the Marlins all won. They want those teams to either all keep winning or all keep losing. 
Like you just want them to stay bunched because you want, as you said, you want them to have to use their guys uh, in that last weekend. And right now, like Gallon pitched Sunday yesterday for the Diamondbacks. And so he's on track to start Friday, game 160 for Mm -hmm. the D-backs. And if he does make that start, and by the way, the Diamondbacks in the final weekend are facing the Astros who are going to need those games. Oh yeah. Uh, They just got swept by the Royals. Unbelievable. Crazy. Um, And they're going to need those games. The Astros will be absolutely playing for a lot in that last weekend. So let's say gallon pitches a game one sixty, He would only be able to pitch game one of the wild card on short rest. It would be his fourth day. And that's that's before we even get into talking about the position players still running out there for what that's worth. You're not going to be able to, you know, sub guys out in the sixth or seventh inning in the last weekend of games if you're still playing for your playoff lives. And now all this said, remember what last year, I mean, like the Cardinals, you know, cruised in. They had all the mystique and aura on their favor, on their side. They had home field. Phillies just like, you know, just ran through the door you know, <laughs> burst through, yeah, broke the door open and, and won that series. And so, yeah, I mean like a three game series against the Diamondbacks, they, they, they play really good defense. They run well, they have athletes like, you know, they could, they could really, they could exploit some Phillies weaknesses. It, it feels almost backward to have what might be the most tense moment of the postseason, And it, it feels a little weird to phrase it that way. But I guess you know what I mean. The most tense moment of the postseason being the first series. Because you you could lose to any of these teams. It's the yeah, nature I mean, really, of yeah. this wildcard. Yeah. The Philly last year, right? In the run, like yeah. when were the Phillies most imperiled? It was probably in the ninth inning of game one of the wildcard series. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think it's a well-worn point at this point. Like we all get it. There are pitfalls to this, but if you want to make sure you have the most, you know, cards in your deck, the most vibes on your side, whatever you want to call it, something esoteric and intangible, the Phillies have it right now. They have the intangibles box. If you're doing one of those comparisons, like a matchup comparison, running down the list, you know, you get to offense, you get to defense, you get to pitching, and then you get to the intangibles. The Phillies have the intangibles right now. They have health on their side right now, and you hope that keeps up. You have home field advantage on your side. You have that crowd on your side. You have defending National League champions making their pennant defense for whatever that's worth to you on their side. There are things that work in their favor. Do they eventually tip the scales? Well, I sure hope so. Does it guarantee a win? No, of course not. But you have to feel good. You just, you have to. It was just a couple of weeks ago that people were starting to wonder if this team was going to collapse completely out of the playoffs. That, that that was insane, of course, but there were people who were wondering about that because the bullpen it was looking gassed. It's still a little bit gassed. There were other concerns, and they dropped a couple of early games. Look, things have completely turned around. And regardless of what happens next week, Phillies could lose both games. I don't know. Regardless of what happens, this team looks good. This team looks like a World Series contender. You just got to... You kind of get past this wild card series. Yeah, and they have yeah, every, they have everything in line right now to help them get through. So right, you're entering the tournament in in a in a really good position, and that's that's all you can ask for. I mean, yeah, would you have rather won the division? No question. Um, uh, the Braves had the the, the best uh, lineup in the history of the sport, maybe. Um, so yeah, like I I don't know if like the most stressful moments will be in the wild card series because 
uh, you know, they have will have to take three out of five from the Braves if they get past this round. And mm-hmm. two of those games will be started by Spencer Strider. Uh, and outside of that postseason start last year, in which he was clearly not uh, not a hundred percent himself, mm-hmm. um, he's uh, he's he's done really well against the Phillies. They have not solved him. And uh, here's the thing, though: like they could. Uh, they could lose both the Strider games and still win the series. It's true. I, I mean, you know, Freed, Max Freed is is not going to pitch again this year until, or not, you know, the season until his postseason start. He's got a blister thing. They don't think it's that bad, but like he's he's not going to be he's he's going to get on a mound for game two of that series, whoever it's against, whether it's the Phillies or not, and um, he won't have pitched in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Morton's out for the NLDS. He's got a finger thing also. Yep. Um, so Bryce Elder, a guy the Phillies have seen a couple times now, um, had a great start to his season, has been a little so-so since. He's their third starter now. Um, their bullpen, like I think you can, I think you can pull Coles in it. I think there's some concern back there. They, uh, they are a really, really good team, and they're they are the favorites to win the World Series for a obvious and accurate reason um they they are beatable i think it's crazy to say that but again to me it comes down to my the way i look at the postseason that that is good pitching beats good hitting and well that's what you have to bank on and that's why you have to feel good about the position the phillies are in it's not just that the lineup has turned it around over the last couple of months you know it's not just that you're not leaning on a big hit from bryce harper and that's all your offense is going to be. It's clear that he's going to give that to you. Like you just feel like he's going to have a big hit at some point, even in the wild card series. He's just the way he's going. It's unbelievable. I remember, let's you know, and 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 it's let's think back to mm-hmm. their bullpen situation right this time last year, going into that first round. I mean, it was obviously Alvarado and Dominguez were were huge in mean, the entire month. They don't get to where they get without those two guys. After them, though, it was David Robertson. It was Zach Eflin, who got they both got some big outs for them, but they weren't exactly um, dominant. It was Connor Brogdon and Andrew Bellotti who pitched well in the postseason for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like for example, filling the Brad Hand role is Gregory Soto, who I think is better. Um, yes, by a lot. And you just you know filling the. Filling the David Robertson role is Craig Kimball. Filling the, the Zach Eflin role is Jeff Hoffman. Filling um, the Dominguez role, I guess, is Kirkering. I mean, there's, there's just the, I feel like there's just they're just better. Mm. Strom, I haven't even mentioned Matt Strom. Matt Strom is a guy they didn't even have last year. Right. He's essentially their Ranger from last year. Yeah, you know, and, yes. and Ranger now maybe that allows him to start. So that there's just um, there's just more. There's just more. And I do want to, one last thing before we go, I do want to, yes. if we are finishing up, but um, <laughs> shout out to Lex, who is a frequent commenter on the athletic. And uh, they called me out because like I, I said, you know, on this podcast, I think maybe two weeks ago, you asked me about Kirkering and mm-hmm. the answer I gave you was I, I, and this was from talking to people uh, within the Phillies that like when they promoted him to triple a, uh, the plan was for him to pitch twice there. And that was it. That was the end of his season. And they were going to be really happy with it. Um, I do think the reason why things changed from my understanding is that 
one his his first his one outing at AAA was really good, and mm. he had that big league ball in his hand, and it the slider was, uh, you know, still really good. And two, I I, I just think that they they saw a need, uh, an immediate need. They are concerned about the right-handed relievers in the bullpen, and they wanted to give it a shot. And it sounds like that Dave Dombrowski called in the code red, and and uh, they they made it happen. And so uh, I was wrong about that, and uh, Lex uh, Lex realized that, and so I I'm I'm surprised they did it, uh, but I think we saw why. And you know they have different ways of measuring these guys, right? Beyond innings pitched and velocity. In terms of a workload, like Kirkering has never been a full-time reliever. This is the first year that he's done it, and he's thrown, he's pitched a lot of games, thrown a lot of innings. Mm. Um, all the other indicators they use to try to measure a guy, how his body's holding up, how his arm is holding up, you know, release point, uh, spin rate, uh, you know, the stuff he does in the weight room, uh, all that seems to be doing really well holding up. And so they said, um, let's let's push him. Let's see what he's got. And uh, <laughs> hell of a first impression. Yeah. Uh. Man, I'll tell you what. Look, I, I know it's hard to compare guys across times and eras. You know, it's not a perfect comparison to, you know, comp him to Sir Anthony Dominguez. It's not a perfect comparison to comp him to Ken Giles. But you look at his rise and the way he just absolutely shot through. I, I took it at face value that, you know, that, yeah, he wasn't going to come up to the major leagues. And I thought that was totally understandable. We only know what we know. You know, teams have these these black boxes, rightfully so. All this proprietary information that they're able to churn out based on measurements they take and blah, 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 where they can know these things and have a better feel than, you know, what we suppose and what we perceive on the outside. We just guess. And in some cases, we do a little more than guess like you were doing when you were actually asking people who kind of had a feel for this. It was something of a surprise. And I think it's I think it's fine to be pleasantly surprised here that he ended up making it. It was reasonable if he wasn't going to come up. Uh, but the fact that he has and has immediately looked impressive is, you know, just another feather in the cap. It, it could be, you hope, a Phillies development success story where they have taken a, a pitcher in the draft and successfully turned him into a guy with, you know, a steady role within these last couple of years. Uh, and it looks like just based on one single major league appearance that we're off to a good start with Ryan Kirk. <laughs> you don't want to read too much into it, but it was pretty good. No. And, and you can't help. I mean, you just can't help. What do you think of Paul right now? What do you think of? What are you thinking of? What name pops in your head right now? With regard to what? Kirkering. And the situation. Well, I mean, the, the two guys I name dropped were the first two that came to mind, Sir Anthony and Ken Giles. Who are you thinking of? Francisco Rodriguez. Oh, hitting the Wayback Machine. K-Rod so his, first game, his first game in 02 was September 18th. Oh. He pitched five times that September, uh, struck out 13, oh. walked two in five and two-thirds innings. And, and then in the postseason, uh, he pitched that year. He pitched... Uh, 11 times <laughs> and they won the world series you know i don't know i mean and it's funny because you look at the way k-rod was used that postseason and he was a he was a setup guy in sometimes a middle reliever he pitched the sixth he pitched the seventh he pitched a couple times in the eighth he pitched in the seventh again he pitched in game six of the world series he came in uh in the fifth inning um in game two of the world series and an 11 10 win he pitched three perfect innings with four strikeouts 
the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yeah, that's crazy. What a postseason he had. Um, but he never pitched a ninth. They used him in big spots in the middle of the game because he was, at the time, uh, 20 years old. And yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a name that we think about forever now because of that, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, he, he's got considerable off-field issues, absolutely. But this is a guy who, if you if you have a Ryan Kirkring turn into what Francisco Rodriguez was on the field, then yes, you did. A borderline Hall Let's of Fame Let's just talk about 2002. Yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not, right. we're just talking about 2002. I'm not talking about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that uh, Ryan Kirkring is going to have 437 saves in his career. And But Matt, we're, we're reading the tea leaves after one appearance here. This is what we're doing. Well, yeah, and I, I don't want to be, yeah, and I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be unfair. I don't want to like feed into the hype or anything, but I think, sure, sure. Um, I think JT said it best and let me find what he said. Cause it, after the game, um, it was funny because you're like, Oh, he called, he called for first pitch, first pitch slider. Right. And he throws it right down the middle, lands it perfectly for a strike. Um, and, uh, and JT was really funny after the game about it because he was like, well, you hear so much about it. I wanted to go ahead and see it first pitch, you know, see what I was working with. And, you know, then he says, look, it's it's one of the more unique sliders I've seen in the game. And honestly, like you could see it just from like upstairs. Like I'm not even watching the broadcast because I'm sitting in a press box and I can see the, the replay. But mm. the way it moved, like it did, it, it, it's moving. You're like, oh, this is like not this is it was crazy. <laughs> This isn't like a pitch. I don't know. And then you see the swings that the guys are taking against it. And yeah, look, like I I get it. Like he faced Omar Narvaez, uh, Brett Beatty, and then uh, Rafael Ortega. It's not exactly, um, you know, the best big league hitters, but um, they're big league hitters and uh, they didn't know what to do with the slaughter. No, clearly. I mean, the one that ended the inning, that was just, that was a joke swing that that one induced. I don't want to overhype it. I don't. Um, I, we don't know how he's going to hold up, you know, but I think what's very clear is like, I I think the questions were not about the stuff, but it's about how does this, how does he handle it? How does he handle this going from low A to high to double A to triple A to the majors and possibly in October and every step along the way so far, since he's been with the Phillies, he's handled it. And like, you talk to the guy and like, you can see why, like, you can just see why, um, he, he seems to have this. He seems to have this mindset. He seems to just have it. He's got it. And so now we think over these last six games that there is a chance he pitches multiple times, maybe a back to back in there, just to really ramp up this audition. Maybe wouldn't be surprised if he pitched Tuesday again. Um, he never pitched back to back in the minors this year. I asked about that. Oh, I was okay. told that. And, and guys don't pitch back-to-back days in the minor leagues, Paul. There's just not a thing that happens. But they tried to simulate that, I was told, at times. Like, simulate maybe the you know the sort of stress that might be putting on it. And I said, that seems like something that is impossible to simulate. And then somebody nodded at me. So, I, I, you know, he really hasn't done it. But also, it's really <laughs> okay. hard to simulate going from low A to the majors. And he's done that, too. So, um, I you know. I don't know. I do think that they could get him back to back here before the season ends. Cause you know, once you get to the playoffs, you know, that's something that, that he might have to do. And you, you wouldn't want him to be doing that the first time uh, in the postseason. No, that's totally fair. All right. Well, I think that's one, certainly 
one of the very top things on my list that I'm looking forward to this last week. When the clinch eventually happens, then you can start working on configurations. You got a little bit of runway to work with here. Clinch yeah. isn't going to happen tonight. We're recording on Monday. All the relevant teams are off. Uh, Phillies are back at it Tuesday, and hopefully they just take care of business as soon as possible and can start getting their affairs in order right away. Aaron Noll is starting. He, uh, he started yes, he the clincher last year. Yes, he did. So here's hoping we get uh, a little bit of a mirror image here. Um, look, it bears repeating one more time. Things are really good right now. Doesn't mean they'll be as good this time next week. We all know this. Nothing is given. Nothing is granted to us. But you have to be feeling good about this baseball team. I hope you are. I hope you've been enjoying this baseball team the last few weeks, last few months, really. Uh, it's It's been a joy to watch, and they are on the verge of officially wrapping up another postseason berth and getting set for the wild card series, which will unofficially right now, but it will be be played at citizens bank park next week. And you're going to be there. I'm going to be there, baby. I will see you all at game one. Whenever that ends up happening, we don't know exactly when the times are. We just know it's, Oh yeah, we were having this debate. If the, yeah. uh, if the rays play the blue Jays in the first round, do those games get played at 9am? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They'll never <laughs> see. They'll never see a sunset. Those games would never see a sunset. <laughs> Dome or not, they would never see a sunset. Um, <laughs> the Rays play the Blue Jays, which is... <laughs> un- which is unfair to those fan bases, but no, they would never I know, see a sunset. but yeah, that's what it would be right now. Rays, <laughs> Rays, Blue Jays. Um, <laughs> and then Houston would be at Minnesota right now, and right now Chicago would be at Milwaukee. Wow. That probably gets the prime slot, right? Chicago, Milwaukee? And the Phillies get the Phillies get the you know get the other night slot or like the late afternoon early evening slot. I would hope Chicago and Milwaukee gets prime time. I feel like I feel like the Cubs being a name brand gets them into that mix. And I mean, if it's Cubs Phillies, if it's Cubs Phillies, that gets like that gets the prime time. Easy, yeah, yeah. I don't see any of the AL series (laughs) usurping. the NL series, which is weird to think of because usually the AL trumps everything, but now we're missing both uh, no Yankees, no Red Sox in the mix. So it's a whole yeah. new world. Yeah. Tampa and Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be laughing at 9 a.m. for a little while. All right. That's it. That's our show for this week. Things are good. Six games left. Let's celebrate a clincher this week. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy the road before we uh, all start fretting and graying our hairs next week because you know that's coming regardless of who the Phillies play. The Phillies magic number is one. Their magic number to clinch the top wild card and the home wild card series is two. They're going to do it. It's going to happen and it's going to be fun. Hopefully they do it at home. Thanks as always to Matt uh, for his wonderful articles, wonderful pieces and and information here on the show. Thanks as always to our friends over at philliesnation.com for helping to get the word out. Thanks to you all for sticking with us for another episode. We will be back with you on the doorstep of the playoffs next week to set the table, look back at this season that was, and get ready for a short sprint of a wild card series. Thanks again. For Matt, I am Paul. 